If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. It was a bit premature of them to let David Silver go because they seem to be missing his creativity in that team. You could say it's they're missing it, but surely that team has more than enough to replace him. Hello and welcome back to the OTC podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, Brad Morris. How are you on this Thursday afternoon, Brad? Mm, cold, tired, but the football's here still. Constant. Yep. Constant football. And I mean, we, we recorded our last show on Sunday and we thought we had a lot to talk about then. But since then, there has been an absolute fuckton that has happened in the world of football. And it's literally been about four or five days. So we've had the Champions League and Europa League draws, which no surprise in ties or in uh, ties were thrown up. I think the best tie in the Champions League is obviously Barcelona versus PSG. That's coming up. And then uh, Europa League round of 32, I think maybe Man United, Real Sociedad. And uh, Salzburg and Villarreal, probably the yeah. two big ties there. One of the there. best performing teams this season. Mm. And so Manchester United. <laughs> uh, so those ties will obviously take place in February, which we'll talk about more closer to the time. Uh, what else has happened? We've had Premier League games every day this week so far. Did we have some on Monday? No, we didn't. We didn't, no. No, Monday's the only day this week we haven't had games on. Um, so Tuesday in the Premier League, there was a couple of games. Um, Man City played West Bromwich Albion and drew 1-1. Uh, that game proved to be the last game for Slavon Bilic at West Bromwich Albion after the club decided to sack him. We'll get onto more of that in a bit. Um, you got to say, standout performance uh, of that game goes to uh, Sam Johnston for the amount of saves he was pulling off to deny City scoring uh, more than the one. Right, that man since 2017. When he spent a year on loan at the Villa. He said it was a year, but wasn't it more? Uh, That's when he spent like half the season from January, I think. I can't remember. It might have been like a year and a half then. Uh, He was more on rail in that second season. uh, But yeah, a phenomenal performance from Johnston. Um, More on that uh, news that uh, West Brom decided to sack Slavin Bilic after that game is, I think we we've talked about it in the past of it being coming, but I think it is surprised that it came after that game. It's not surprised, but it's not without ownership. Thank get rid of managers for doing their job. Yeah, uh, it's that whole well since um, they've changed ownership about four or five years ago from Jeremy Pease to. Um, I can't think of the man 
the fella's name now, the Chinese fella at the helm of West Brom. I don't know his have... first name, but isn't it something like... I've not got an ace now. Lai or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gubachon Lai. Uh, Lai. So they've gone, they've gone through a good few managers. Oh, since how ironic. He's blocked. Yeah, I think maybe if they did it after the weekend's game, it wouldn't have been such a surprise. And there was uh, stories that they had uh, the decision had been made uh, prior to the game uh, on Tuesday evening. But... For some reason, they decided to do it after that game rather than, say, earlier on in the day or the day before. They would rather do it straight after the game. Because um, they see what they got next. Oh, yes. Um, all of Slavon Bilic's backroom team have gone uh, with him. So uh, Sam Allardyce, who's been appointed on an 18-month contract, will bring in his own. Um, what do you make of that appointment of Sam Allardyce coming in? It's so bittersweet. Because if they weren't playing us next, I'd be I'd be more sorry for them. Mm. But I had the, the saw the dreaded stats yesterday. Sanadas has never lost his first game. <laughs> and all the clubs that he's taken over, I don't think he's ever been relegated either. In December, if they don't get relegated. I would expect them to now put up a fight. In that relegation battle with him in charge, I just yeah, I think it's definitely. I think I know we've been saying it for a while now. I think Sheffield United are down. I don't. I think it's going to be too much of a tough tough ask for them. And then I think it could be oh, steady on. They got a point coming tonight. <laughs> and then it could be like a three, maybe four way battle between West Brom, Burnley, Fulham, Brighton, and potentially Arsenal. Yes, I did just want to throw Arsenal in there for the fun of it. Oh, don't worry, I was thinking it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how big Sam gets uh, on at the Hawthorns. Um, it's an eighteen-month contract, but um, I believe it's there's something in the contract says if they go down, uh, then he will be relieved of his duties at the end of the season. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how he gets on for the next uh, remaining half of the season, or just over half. Um, Pep Guardiola, Man City are, are really struggling since. His contract uh, extension was announced. They haven't really... I mean, yeah, they put five past Burnley the other week, uh, the back end of November. But I think, was his contract extension they, uh, made early November? I think so. Well, let's say it was done the start of November before the game against Liverpool. So they drew that. They lost to Spurs. They beat Burnley 5-0, which we all said would happen. They beat Fulham, they drew with Man United, and uh, drew with West Brom. They currently sit in uh, eighth position, but could fall down a bit with uh, if Aston Villa and Manchester United both win tonight. They're struggling for goals. Do you think? And there, it was a bit premature of them to let David Silva go. Because they seem to be missing his creativity in that team. You could say it's they're missing it, but surely that team has more than enough to replace him. You would think so, but currently they don't seem to be able to. In, have done in it. ignoring the big massive transfer budget that is unlimited, as mm. we know, surely they've got enough players that there to fulfil it. They've got one they barely play. 
then Phil Verde. Oh yeah, I mean, could he end up doing something like a Madrid and Sancho and uh, end up leaving City with the amount of game time he's not getting? But it's... No, no, so with Foden, it's a bit more easier to digest because he is a Man City fan, enough. I just yeah. don't think you would push him over that edge. Mm. But it's, I don't know, some pe- I don't, the media don't seem to be talking about Man City as in, I mean, they're not in the same crisis as Arsenal are, but they're not performing as well as everyone thinks they should. Be. I mean, compared to last season when they were challenging Liverpool for the title, and um, yet they're only, they've played a game more than Man United, yet they're level on points with the Red Devils, and you think... Hang on, every two minutes United do something, whether it's a boring draw or they lose in the Champions League or something, everyone seems to be saying Oli out, Oli out, but nothing about Pep Guardiola's future. I mean, yes, they're not going to say Pep out and he's not going to get a set considering he's just signed a new two-year deal at the club. But I don't know why City seem to be given the clear around like how bad they're performing compared to other teams. Yeah, I think they, they should be getting judged a lot more well i think people just expect them to be up there by february yeah be interesting to see how they turn around this fortune um the other game that happened on tuesday saw wolverhampton wonders welcome chelsea to the molyneux and it was the uh, home side that won two one thanks to goals from daniel podence and pedro neto in stoppage time uh chelsea's goal scorer was of course olivier Giroud. um very good result for Nuno Espirito Santos' side. I don't know if one could be Wolves. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> uh, not really the best of Chelsea performances for me, I think. 150 million up front and they just could not muster anything. Yeah. I think it, it's not quite at a worrying stage yet but that something like when you hear that you're like oh shit that is actually something to because if you were spending a hundred million plus on players you're expecting them to be firing on all cylinders oh yeah 200 million because Havertz alone was 70 odd million wasn't it 72 yeah but I mean he I'm giving him a bit of leeway because he has had covid and uh some players have said uh that when they've came back after it, it the toll has taken like it's taken them a while to get back to full fitness so and he hasn't played as many games as compared to the likes of Werner and pulisic and other players that they've signed and it isn't just that it's a young kid adapting to a completely different country yeah i mean he's still only 21 22 is it yeah so he's it's going well, to take a while for someone like him. The Verna one doesn't surprise me as much if you remember what he said right at the start of the season. Uh, no, I can't remember what it what was. No, wasn't it after the, the opening game? He said oh, the defenders in the Premier League are a lot more physical than I'm used to. Yeah, yeah that's, was, a, do... that's a warning sign from, right from the out. Mm, I don't think many people really cottoned onto it at the time. I still don't um, think they've gotten done as much. Yeah. Um, so, a good result for Nuno Espirito Santos, as we said. Um, 
the result moves them up into 10th. Um, however, they have played three more games than the Villa, uh, who are to play tonight. And then Wednesday's fixtures, uh, so yesterday for us, saw Leeds put five past Newcastle's goals from Jack Harrison, Erzian uh, Alioski, Stuart Dallas, Rodrigo Moreno and Patrick Bamford for Marcelo Bielsa's side and goals for Kieran Clark and Jeff Hendrick for Steve Bruce's side. Um, I don't think I was expecting that result at all last night. I don't think we do have a result like that. Yeah, but I just don't think I was. I think maybe against like a Fulham, Burnley, West Brom, I would expect considering how decent Newcastle have been this season. I, it just came out of the blue for me. Is, that, is how decent Newcastle have been? They have had so many shots against them. Yeah. That there was always going to be a point when some of those were going to go in. Yeah. I mean, last night, uh, Leeds had 25 shots and 10 on target. So, out of the ones on target, they scored half the goals. Where themselves, uh, they struggled. I mean, they only managed 10 shots, four on target, scoring two of them. So... That's not too good uh, rude for Steve Bruce's side, but good result for Marcelo Bielsa, um, who could potentially win the Best Coach of the Year award, which uh, gets underway a little later on tonight for us. But, uh, we'll, may, we'll probably talk about that on the review show later on in the week. Um, result moves them above Newcastle into 13th place. Not bad uh, going for Leeds in this early stage of this season. Um, elsewhere, Arsenal, that can be happy. Yeah. Elsewhere on Wednesday's fixtures, uh, Everton beat Leicester City 2 0 with goals from Mason Holgate and Richarlison for uh, Carlo Ancelotti's side, who just took their chances, really. I mean, were the better team, but they just couldn't convert at all. There is definitely something wrong with Leicester and playing at home. Yeah. Like the ball find they've lost, no? Um, can't I think. But um, in terms of like home form, they're, they've got the ninth best. Uh, only scored nine, but conceded ten in uh, seven games at the King Power Stadium this season. Whilst uh, they have the second best or joint first um away form this season uh, along with Manchester United who are also struggling at home this season uh, as they have uh, most teams are 17 for obvious reasons mm. um, like we said it's a good result for Everton gives them that little bit of confidence boost I mean them up to fifth overtaking Chelsea uh, two points off the top two a little further off Liverpool uh, after their win, good night all round for the Toffees. Um, Leicester are starting to slip away, you'd maybe say. Um, they've got another hard task this <laughs> weekend, Leicester, against Tottenham. So, did a speeding car just go back home for I don't know whether it was a speeding car or the Formula One that just went past. That was really nice. I think Jack Great has just, just travelled to Villa Park for the game. <laughs> um, yeah, so Leicester have he another... He really shouldn't be driving right now. He's banned, considering. Yes. Now, Leicester have another hard game, like we said, this weekend against Tottenham. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Uh, speaking of Tottenham, 
they played Liverpool in what was set to be the clash of the week and goals from Mohamed Salah in a 90th minute winner from Roberto Firmino gave Jurgen Klopp's side the three points. Uh min son did score for Jose Mourinho's side. Um, I want to go for the, this whole thing because Jose was in, in prime form for the head of this one. Prime form, both pre and post match. I mean, oh. pretty much he was talking about all the uh, injuries. Um, Calming the whole thing down. Yeah, saying the game games. And the only one, yeah, the only actual injured player for them was uh, Virgil van Dijk and everyone else actually isn't injured. And then he was saying that he's got like, was it under 60s he went to? Yeah, he, so, <laughs> yeah I wouldn't have been surprised if it was like, my wife's at home tired. She's had enough. <laughs> he was just brilliant, uh, Josie. And then after the game, he was saying the better team lost the game. Uh, well, they so, just didn't. <laughs> yeah, Liverpool were better in all aspects of that game and deserved the um, win. Found um, the chances. Yeah, they did, but it just weren't clinical. Kane missed from yards. Bergwijn got through at one point. Hmm. Well, um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, viral clip going around of um, Team Sherwood watching the game for BT Sport. <laughs> and that saying, man, oh. I can now realise what that man was saying in the bloody dressing room in 2015. <laughs> I mean, there's, oh. there's curse of the commentator and then there's... I the... loved that man as a manager once. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. Absolute uh, legendary clip there of him saying they didn't look like Liverpool were going to score from any of the set pieces. And then as soon as the ball plays in, it's an absolute bullet header from uh, Roberta Firmino to seal the win for Jurgen Klopp's side to move them above Spurs and to top the Premier League. Um, elsewhere, West Ham and Palace played. There's a final note on that one. Because Go on. The thing with Spurs, I think it's going to plague them until they deal with it. Because Spurs will always be Spurs until they stop doing Spurs things. But will they ever do Spurs things? That's the question, though. You can say that's what's going to haunt them and until they stop doing Spurs things, they're still going to be Spurs. Oh, Liverpool had it for 30 years and now it's Tottenham's turn. True. Um... Let's hope they can turn it around against Leicester on Sunday. Um, as we was going on to say, other games that happened yesterday, uh, West Ham played Crystal Palace. It finished 1-1 at uh, the London Stadium. Uh, ben Teke with the goal for Palace and Sebastian Haller for... Uh, what, did what did I say? Ben Teke is back. Ben Teke is back and now he's gone again because he's suspended. We're at a game. And then can we talk about that Sebastian Haller goal? Oh, absolute phenomenal overhead kick uh, from Haller. Absolute yeah. unbelievable. You send the still image of him just hanging there and his legs aren't that long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Um, the point sees West Ham uh, drop down to seventh now with Everton winning uh, on 21 points, whilst Palace are down in 12th on 18. As we said, uh, Benteke will be missing their game this weekend after he picked up a second bockable offence. Um, was that the game where Palace sc- thought they'd scored earlier on, but uh, it was ruled out for offside? 
I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember. Um, but yes, a point. Oh no, sorry, it's not that game. It's Fulham Brighton. That was it. Uh, Fulham Brighton, that finished 0 0. Uh, Brighton did think they scored just after the hour mark uh, through Danny Webb, but it was a judge that I think it was Adam Lallana was offside in the uh, build up. Uh, results is both teams stay in 16th, well, 16th for Brighton and Fulham jump back out of the relegation zone. Uh, to 17th, I think that was a score that I think most people would have thought of prior to their game happening. Screamed relegation battle. Yeah. It's the relegation six-pointer already this early in the season. And no team looked like they really wanted to go out and win, realistically. I mean, just looking at the stats now, both teams had nine shots, four on target, finished with an identical shot accuracy. So I think that sums up both teams. And then the final game that's hap- has ha- happened as of the time of recording was Arsenal Southampton at the Emirates Stadium. Uh, finished 1-1. Theo Walcott scored against his old team after 18 minutes for the Saints. Oh, we'll worry that one. <laughs> and then uh, shortly after halftime, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang equalised for Mikel Arteta's side. Um and then moments later, Gabriel Magalhaes, within the space of four minutes, received two yellow cards and was sent off. I mean, where do we start with Arsenal? How far they have fallen when they are sitting back in the last few minutes of the game against Southampton. Oh, it's ridiculous. A team of that quantity shouldn't, like, they shouldn't be doing that. There's no discipline there, I mean, um, I can't remember who said it now. Um, match of the day to uh, at the weekend. Um, but they said the missing in that leadership, like it's something that David Louise offers, and you're like, you wouldn't think it looking at the type of character David Lewis is, but the, where does the rest of the leadership come from, the Arsenal team? Because um, Aubameyang's not going to give you leadership at all. Yeah. You would look at Xhaka, but he's too much of an idiot to you know, stay on the pitch longer than 45 minutes. Yeah, you, you always know he's going to pick up a yellow card or get himself sent off. The, I mean, looking at this team last night, they had Leno in goal, Tierney, Gabriel... Rob Holding, Maitland-Niles, Elnene, Sabayos, Saka, sorry, not Xhaka, uh, Aubameyang, Nketia, and Pepe. No one in that team screams out to me. They're going to give the rest of uh, their teammates an absolute rollicking if they do something stupid or oh, be uh, hold them accountable. The majority of them are not there for all reasons. No, they're just there for the easy paycheck. And... Um, it was quite funny what uh, Petrovra said um, on Sky Sports after their game that when he went over to Thierry on Ree's house, um, he saw that Granit Xhaka had the armband on, and then they just turned off uh, the TV because he didn't want to. He didn't see him as like the cap. And like, he's not actually wrong at all, there, is he? Yeah, because like we said, followed him. <laughs> just looking at that team is just awful. Like, and we have to say they are actually in a relegation fight, though, don't we? 
Yeah, with the points they need, yes, but just because of how we've always perceived Arsenal, it's it doesn't feel normal. Mm. Uh, I don't know. And then was it the before the game or on Monday or Tuesday, Edu came out saying like uh, we have faith in Arteta and what he's doing and um the only thing that they need was like um a midfield like general to do build up play and do stuff so basically what Meza Erzl used to do and then we would go there well yeah that's the thing what, what, who who for me all uh, Arsenal since they've moved to the Emirates all they've cared about is getting top four and doing well in one of the two cups aka the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup or whatever it gets called at the time that's all they care about is if they get top four and do well in one of the cups, whether winning it or progressing to the quarter semis, I think the Arsenal board are happy with that. Because you've got to say, over the last 14 years or however long they've been at the Emirates now, not once have they looked like challenging for the title. No. You'd think how many teams have come through since that now look like they're way more title quits. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But I don't know if... Okay, here's one for you. Does Mikel Arteta last the season? I can't for him now. But that it would be, his position would be almost untenable. Mm. I mean, this weekend they've got the hard... He's almost lucky uh, there's no fans in there. Yeah. Well, there won't be from Saturday onwards. Uh, they travel up to Goodison They're Park. They're praying that lasts for a quarter while. I think they'll be hoping it lasts for the remainder of the season. They don't have fans in. But, I mean, looking at the likes of uh, Bamiyang, he doesn't look like he's scoring any time soon. Um, I think you finally did. Well, yeah, but, I mean, like he's not getting that rich of uh, rich form of vein that you're expecting. Oh, you know, he scored in back-to-back like, games. Yeah, but for someone <laughs> like him, how long did it take him to score, though? If you get what I mean, like since signing that contract, he's so like, good. He's scoring in both nets. Yeah, but that's not really that good of a thing to be doing. So I just, uh, yeah, for me, this Arsenal team, I think they were, they are well and truly in a relegation battle. Um, I'm close for me to be convinced of that. While the while they're that low, we enjoy the ride. Yeah. On the other hand, Southampton uh, up to third in the table, looking really good under Ralph Hasenhutl. They'll be, I think, disappointed to leave the Emirates with uh, one point. I think they were definitely more capable of getting the three uh, and looked more likely to get the three points than anything out of the two sides. So uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see how they continue and if they can continue their great form this season. Um, there's obviously two other games this week, that, which at the time of recording haven't happened, and they are Villa versus Burnley at six o'clock, so in a, an hour and fifty, and then Sheffield United, Man United a little later on. Um, looking towards the weekend's games now in the pre-week, um, got some good fixtures if I can remember correctly. So 
You've got Palace versus Liverpool, Southampton, Man City, Everton, Arsenal, Newcastle, Fulham, Brighton, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Leicester, Man United, Leeds, West Brom, Aston Villa, Burnley, Wolves and Chelsea, West Ham to round off the weekend. Uh, good games this weekend, you got to say. Some nice mixed affairs, shall we say. Yeah, definitely. I think there's some, obviously, Tottenham left there for the top of the table. It's probably the standout game. And then Southampton, Man City, again, that's top of the table type clash. Uh, Everton, Arsenal, which Arsenal side is going to show up. And then um, Man United leads the first league meeting in 14 years at Old Trafford. Uh, again, well, what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer side is going to show up? I think you need, we need to explain like, the severity of this because this is quite a fiery clash. Yeah, it's so only it's, certain generation really knows about. It's basically Lancashire versus the water versus Yorkshire. Yeah, Yorkshire and Lancashire rivalries for millennia, uh, and. Man United and Leeds United have always just been like league rivals for years and years from back in the day when Leeds were always challenging for titles uh, in the top flight. And then obviously when they uh, went into financial problems in the early 2000s, that went away. Um, but it's always a fierce rivalry between the two sides um, whenever they meet up. It's usually an interesting uh, game. Do I think it will have the same effect as it used to have for me? No. And I'm not saying Bobby yeah, it's, no. it's more for Leeds fans right now than it is for the current generation of a United fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think United fan of an older, of a specific age, say about 40 onwards, would say, okay, yeah, it's still Leeds. We never want to lose to them. But I think to the younger generation, they'll see Liverpool and Man City as rivals, even the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal more as real rivals than they do Leeds. Mm. And then after that game on uh, Sunday is the West Midlands derby as uh, West Brom take on Aston Villa in Sam Allardyce's first game. Secretly terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly terrified to have, for us to have 80% possession, all the shots, but then we get beaten in a set piece. Oh, that would just be the way, wouldn't so it? You have the set piece master against the team whose set piece defending is very debatable. Mm. Oh, I'll be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, if, results, swear... if results go away later, maybe that. The nerves will be lessened. <laughs> um, elsewhere in the world of football, uh, Premier League clubs have voted against allowing five substitutions for a third time this season, still... uh, despite, mount, despite mounting pressure from the FA and the PFA. Uh, that was a shareholders meeting this morning on Thursday. Uh, 10 out of the 20 clubs disregarded with the proposal, four votes from the necessary threshold of 14 votes to approve the law change. However, teams will be allowed to have nine replacements to choose from on the bunch when it was previously capped at seven. And uh, from January onwards, uh, teams will be able to use a concussion uh, 
substitute from January onwards. Well, that's a positive step, but it's not going to stop the concussions, is it? No. And uh, I'm not surprised that it's been rejected again, the five substitutes, because I think, like many teams have said in the past, it's not really helping us, it's helping the big teams because they've got more better quality players. So it's something that I can still see being rejected until there's like some sort of fair outcome into it. Um, what else news have we had this week? Um, bit of transfer news that came through uh, an hour or so ago. Uh, RB Leipzig have completed the signing of sister club uh, midfielder Dominic Sabolshai. Uh, he joins on a five-year deal after they uh, triggered his 25 million euro release clause. The 20-year-old has risen to prominence after registering 16 goals and 23 assists in 30 appearances since uh, lockdown. Whilst also impressing in the Champions League, uh, very good signing for Leipzig. You got to. From the positive play that he's shown this season, it's almost one of the perfect signings for them. Yeah. I think um, he's one of them, though, where you think if he continues to have another good two, three years, I think it won't be long before. If he has the same effect that a certain other player who came from Salzburg the same time last year, then he'll be uh, all right. Yes, Mr. Erling Haaland, um, who did phenomenal and has done phenomenal since joining Dortmund from uh, Salzburg. Uh, there had been talk that uh, Arsenal and AC Milan were wanted him, but I think it was obvious Leipzig out of the three were the best option for him now. Um, right, on to predictions league now. Um, I haven't actually been keeping up to date with how we did during the midweeks games. That's my bad. Um, looking at it, Arsenal, Pal- uh, Arsenal, Southampton, no one got any points. Leicester, Everton, nobody got any points. Or did we? Nope. And West Ham Palace. Yeah, actually, I got two points there because I predicted a draw. Whereas you predicted a West Ham win. <laughs> and then uh, the sixth game hasn't happened as of yet, uh, which was Villa versus Burnley. Which I mean, if. Either way, if Villa win, we both get points. So, what are the six games you've gone for this week then? So, this week, same rules apply as ever. First game is Southampton and Manchester City. Uh, is it at St Mary's or the Etihad? It, it is at St Mary's. Uh, you know what? I think this is going to be a close game than many think. I'm going to go with. I think City will nick it late on, but win 2-1. Very interesting, but I have gone for 1-1. I was thinking that, but I think, I don't know why, but in my head, I've just envisioned uh, Gabby Hayes' scoring like in the 90th minute to win the game for them. Uh, Game two? Everton Arsenal. Uh, I mean, 
Arsenal really need to show up this weekend against Everton, otherwise they really are in a relegation battle if they're not already. And for me, I don't see it happening. I see Everton winning 2-0. Very interesting. I had the same scoreline. Also to Everton, I take it. Yes, 2-0. Yep. Game three? The fiery clash in Manchester. United versus Leeds. Uh, yes, the United game. United the Allen. Yeah. Instantly when I said it, I was knowing I'm lazy, you know what it is, Yeah. <laughs> you could call it the Alan Smith derby or the Eric Cantona derby. Take your pick. Or the Rio Ferdinand derby. Oh, it's quite strange saying that at the same time. Um, I think this has got 1-0 Man United written all over it. Well, here comes my random pick. I'm going for three-one leads. <laughs> three-one leads. Wow. Okay. Uh, game four. United game done on the counter. We're getting. We're going to see Istanbul-style counter-attacking disaster. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Luke Shaw is getting fucked by Rafinha. <laughs> Uh, might be Alex Tellez playing on the Harry Maguire is going to get mugged by Patrick Bamford. No, he'll just headbutt him. With Bamford, he doesn't need to be headbutted to go down. Oh, true. Uh, game four. We're in the wildcard territory. We're going Barcelona Valencia. Uh, is he at the Mestalla or the Camp Nou? Following on from last night's result for Barcelona, I think it's they're going to win that. this game. Yes, against Real Sociedad. Uh, I'm going 2-1 again to Barca. I've gone 2-0 Barca. Game 5. Top 2 battle in Germany. Leverkusen and Bayern. I'm going 3-2 to Bayern. I've gone for 2-1 to Munich. Yeah, um, by, well, I meant uh, by Munich. When I said to Bayer, I don't know. I don't know whether I said Bayer or Bayern. Uh, Hansi Flick side. And the sixth and final game. Yeah, interesting one. Probably a bit more open. Going in France. I went for Nice against Lille. Okay. Um, very interesting pick. I didn't think that would be one to yeah, look was, at was, this week. I was ruined in terms of picks this week. There was a lot more. Open games, I think it's too easy for predictions, so I thought go with this one. Uh, ooh. So, you better not be doing research right now, <laughs> as I see you scour your phone. I haven't done research. <laughs> this, is the, this is the point of the World Cup, book your research. I mean, I was just looking at where each team was on the man. table, that was all. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go 3 1. To Leon. Well, I've gone 2-0 Leon. Okay, interesting uh, games to look forward to this weekend. Uh, okay, so the only game we've got the exact same result is Everton-Arsenal then? It seems so. We both value Arsenal the same way. Which is not at all. <laughs> um, obviously, later on in the week, uh, on the review show, we will have a look back at how we did and how all games have got on this weekend. Um, yeah. Just before we finish... Um, Should we end this show properly? 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. We've got, I've, let me do my segment before you do yours. Um, you know I'm too keen for this. <laughs> right, so it's the final weekend of the Women's Super League in 2020. Um, teams will face, it will not face, they will have a two-week break um, at the back end of December. So the games we have to look forward to this weekend are Manchester United versus Bristol City at 12 o'clock. Uh, half past Arsenal versus Everton at two o'clock Birmingham City versus Man City Chelsea versus Tottenham and then half two Brighton versus Reading and then at three o'clock West Ham versus Aston Villa um, some very good games there I think Arsenal Everton should be an absolute cracker uh, to watch uh, see how Arsenal get on at Meadow Park uh, Birmingham Man City again looks like it could be a very good game and then uh, West Ham Aston Villa is a proper six-pointer towards the bottom of the table. Um, any sort of point or win for Manchester United and Casey Stoney's side will remain top of the year and finish 2020 unbeaten in the WSL. And Chelsea can stay second or go top with any results in their favour, whilst uh, Arsenal will be hoping to get back to winning ways and pressure on the top two sides uh, right on to your favorite part of the show now in the words of Fabrizio Mano copyright here we go I don't even know where to start this week. <laughs> Just there's too much as shit has happened. As always. But I want to start with probably the less recent one, but the one that really caught my eye. I want to start in Brazil with Corinthians. Ah, yes. This weird little story that uh, came out on Sunday or Monday, was it now this week? I can't remember. It's sort of the caught the eye of Corinthian fans because they've grown a little bit of a fandom for a Miss Taylor Swift. Yes. You could say they've become Swifties. <laughs> they've formed a love story. Oh, Lord. With the artist, as they've found out she's a bit of a lucky charm for the team. Mm-hmm. So they've noticed that every time the singer has released an album. It has corresponded with their team winning. I mean, who finds that kind of stuff out? Swifties. <laughs> the Swifties and Corinthians. Yeah, but I mean, I think it said they've won every game before or after uh, a song or an album has been released by Taylor Swift, which is a weird... Out of all the statistics you hear in football, I think that's got to be the weirdest one. Interesting one, but I mean, it's almost... Something you would never believe in your wildest dreams. <laughs> no. And please start with the Taylor Swift puns, for God's sake. Away from that, because now I want to go from something as lovely as that to Danny Drinkwater starting a fight in a 16-year-old. <laughs> yes, I did hear about that. So he was playing in the Chelsea under-23s game? I thought he was still there. I thought he left him. Mm, 
No, I think he. Oh, I think there was after he left us. I don't even know. Well, he he he's currently technically done after he left us. He's not getting game time at uh, the bridge. Um, yeah, so he was involved in an under twenty three game with Chelsea. So was uh, Petr Cech. Um, it was against Tottenham. Was There's it? So many liars this season. <laughs> Brilliant. And then, so he still started a fight with the sixteen year old. Percek conceded a goal after trying to pass it out from the back. I mean, if that story doesn't sum up twenty twenty in a nutshell, I don't know what does. Yeah. Well, we have to end it in the right way by saying, "Well done, he's 13. <laughs> yes. But that one for more recently that I've just discovered. I think you'll love this one. It's coming from Mister. Gennaro Gattuso. Oh, I do know the story you're about to go to. Is, that, is he the manager of now? Milan? No, he's not Milan manager. Napoli? Is, is it Napoli? It's somewhere in it. It's got to be. Let's just say, he's gone off again. Napoli manager. I was right. He's Napoli manager. manager. Yeah. So, he's quite after one of the recent games. I don't understand why we have one of the few nations who send players off swearing. When I was in Scotland, I saw players all the time telling the referee to fuck off, and nobody said anything. Mm. What a book. I mean, it's not wrong, because, I mean, uh, one thing of fans not being at uh, stadiums this past like nine months or so you have heard a lot more of players um swearing and stuff because i remember the other week um i can't remember who uh wolves were playing but uh adama Traore went down after getting fouled and the one player goes he's built like a brick shit house and he goes yeah, down like Rob, that Rob yeah <laughs> Rob Holding. i think him and andy robertson have definitely been giving you a few um Things to listen out for when it comes to the football over the past. They're not month. wrong. They're not wrong. Adama Traore is the same size as two football players. Yeah, and he goes down like a, a sniper's just came out of the sky and shot him. But yeah, um, I did see that about Kadusa. I mean, you're always going to get swearing in football at any level, apart from kids, yeah. obviously, because like, I've kids. just seen something else online. <laughs> I'm reading the first stuff. How have I only just seen this from Jose's Instagram? What's he said? I guess this was before yesterday, but it's a picture of him in his office. And I haven't seen this, but I will delve onto Mr. Mourinho's Instagram now to look at the picture. He fully has a picture in his office of him winning the Premier League with titles with Chelsea in his Spurs office. Oh, uh, on the picture frame. Yeah. And he has a. Does Mourinho have a Batman gaming chair? <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it's a Batman uh, secret lab chair because the, the whole thing's an ad. So he's got. So this place is an ad. So he's got uh, behind him. You can see all the people. So on his wall behind him, he's got um, one picture of him with the Champions League with Inter Milan. Him getting thrown in the air by Real Madrid players. Um, winning the Europa League with Man United, his first Premier League with Chelsea, and then there's this one picture where I'm not too sure what it is. 
and let me just um it was one of his first games as Spurs manager. Was doing then. If we get the stuff in the background, the man has a Batman chair. <laughs> Gaming chair. I mean, uh, who are secret? I think there's actually a trap door underneath, and that's how we go. There's actually a secret back cave. Well, there must be, because they are actually gaming chairs. They are an award-winning gaming seats engineered so you can stay com- you can stay comfortably at home. That's fantastic. That man. Right, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so on the back of it, if you uh, you probably can't see the fourth picture, but it's um, got Game of Thrones on the back of it. Oh, this guy. <laughs> and he's just and he's and he's just sat in it, looking yeah. out uh, onto the training pitch. Oh, and you just Game of Game of Thrones is the perfect comparison to it. It starts off so positively and ends in absolute fucking shit. And it's crazy <laughs> the whole time, and you no idea, no one knows whether it's truthful or make believe the whole time throughout. And then ends terribly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that might be the craziest thing we've seen this week. Um. There's been many more. There's so many more. Right. Uh, that is everything for this week's show. Um, we'll be back later on in the week to look at uh, all the games that are happening over the weekend and everything. And we, uh, look forward to next week's games, which will be the Boxing Day fixtures. I think are we going to do that on the, the same show or are we going to split that into two shows? I mean, as of right now, I have no idea because life. <laughs> That's what people say. You're flying high in April. Shut down in May. Uh, and we'll see what other stuff we can do, see if we can make any Christmas themes. We can never argue about our culture. We are on the show. <laughs> yes. Uh, see if we can get some Christmas. Like a, We'll figure out between us a Christmas starting 11 in both the men and females games. Um, and anything else that happens over the weekend, um, Premier League games, uh, Super Six, or oh, our Super Six even, and uh, anything else that happens. And uh, that is all we have time for this week. If you have enjoyed it, uh, if you're listening to us on uh, YouTube, make sure you give us a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, and if you're listening to us anywhere else, again, make sure you subscribe. And follow us on uh, Twitter. Um, we'll be back, we said, in the coming days. So until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-presenter, Brad. See ya. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>